Over the course of this series, we've taken a look at some of the steps needed to lift Mexico City into a new league of innovative and scientific competitiveness. The Science and Innovation Week conference is over. But what's left are ideas and a hope that Mexico City can translate these ideas into tangible solutions. Up next, we look at innovation models and policy options and hear what Mexico City's mayor has in store. Welcome to part four of the 2008 Science and Innovation Week podcast series. We have to do many of the things to achieve our goals. We have set out to build four cities within our city, one in the south, devoted to the medical sciences, genomics and biotechnology. Why? Because this is where we have our national health institutions and excellent physicians, where we have the majority of research labs. In the south, we are going to connect university, industry and scientists to create a city of health. Another in the north, which used to be a manufacturer area, where we have the communications, the infrastructure, and the market to build a city devoted to new technologies, to the connectivity and to the new ideas that we can concentrate there. Another city on the west, dedicated to highly specialized financial services and new technologies. And finally, the last city, which is where our city has to do with excellence in education, with support for our institutions, their development projects and the biotech incubators, and with the general and substantial improvement of the access to education and new technologies in the framework of an educational system that has been very conservative so far. From Mexico City's mayor, Marcelo Abrard, four goals for four of the city's regions. In the south, Abrard hopes to capitalize on biotechnology, where labs and research already exist. Alan Pau is the Vice Provost for Technology Transfer and Economic Development at Cornell University. When it comes to developing an industry like biotech, says Pau, industry clusters are a proven method. A cluster is simply meaning within a reasonable region, you have a number of companies involving in the same technology sector. Good technology clusters will be like in the Silicon Valley, the semiconductor companies, in Boston area, the biotech companies, so is in the Bay Area, the biotech companies, and so is San Diego. And you look at San Diego, they also have a clusters of wireless communications. So it's really, you got a group of companies that they sell products that are into the same industry, but may not be the same product. The recipe for a cluster, says Pau, is all in a region's ecosystem. An ecosystem is really a collection of elements that you really need to nourish the establishment of a cluster. For example, in the old days, you look at Detroit, you look at the steel industry in Pittsburgh area, they have an ecosystem. The elements are different. You look at that area, they have the natural resources. That's one element. They have the manpower. They have the industrialization such that they can dig tunnels, they can put the underground training, they can ship out the coal, and they can ship the coal to refine steel. So there's a cluster. The ecosystem for a biotech cluster in the south of Mexico is healthy, with the human capital and health institutions working as an existing solid foundation for growth. 
For Bill Bonvillian, the executive director of MIT's Washington office, when it comes to generating a culture of innovation, the ecosystem has two different sides. One, you've got a supply side challenge. There's certain ingredients that you need to have in place. One of those ingredients is talent, and another of the ingredients is some kind of working R&D system. I argued in my talk that there's a third ingredient, which is that you need a strong connected set of innovation institutions, a strong innovation organization, where that talent and that R&D come together. What does that look like? What does that space look like? How is that put together? And making that space right becomes very, very important. But that's the ingredient side. And just having the ingredients sitting around on a table won't do it for you. You've got to give that team some great challenges. So there's the supply side, getting the ingredients right. But there's this great demand side that you've got to get right too. You've got to find territories where the things that these groups are thinking about can actually land and become companies and markets and innovation. So this was the case study in energy technology. There's a series of steps you can go through in which you make decisions about the challenges on the demand side that you can put your ingredients, you can apply your ingredients to. So, for instance, if the Mexican government and local industries make conscious decisions to shift their demands to green energy technologies, Bonvillian says this shift will drive innovation in the green tech sector. Getting the innovative ideas from the universities to the marketplace, however, poses a different set of challenges. René Baston is the chief business officer at the New York Academy of Sciences. So technology transfer is the process of taking technologies or research that are, that are developed in universities or government or industry laboratories and actually commercializing that technology. So getting them from an early stage technology to a later stage technology that can be commercialized. While there exists a multitude of tech transfer methods, Baston says Mexico City can work naturally with a university-based tech transfer model. The subject of my talk was university-based technology transfer, specifically because we're talking about the Mexico City environment where a lot of what needs to happen there is driven by university-based research, which to some degree also happens in the United States as well. So university-based tech transfer really begins with having policies in place that allow universities and or investigators to take title to patents that are created by the university or by the investigators. And then it includes whether you have an, an office in place or some sort of a mechanism in place for identifying key investigators that are producing technologies that might eventually lead to a market-ready product. So working with those investigators to make sure that you understand what it is that they're doing, that you protect the intellectual property in whatever way is appropriate in a lot of cases it's patents, but it could be copyright, for example, with software. And then following the marketplace and seeing whether these technologies really would have a place in the market, which would lead to the decision to actually patent the technologies because it's a very costly decision. And once you have the technologies patented, making sure that you're managing those patents and at the same time going out into the market to market the technologies to find potential licensees or to create startup companies and helping, for example, find investors and entrepreneurs who would be willing to take the technology out. One way to do this? Encourage entrepreneurship within the university using a model like polytechnic universities. Jerry Halton, president of Polytech, says students and faculty should be encouraged to take time from their studies and try their ideas out in the real world. For instance, try starting a business, he says, or innovating within a company. By physically integrating university talent into the industry model, 
Halton says a clearer sense of dependency and necessity is developed between the university system and the marketplace. Ellis Rubinstein, president and CEO of the New York Academy of Sciences, says this integration is essential on a local and a global scale. Basically what every city in the entire globe is discovering is that they won't be competitive if they exist in silos. And the reason I say this is that basically everybody knows by now that science and technology proceeds when people come out of their areas of expertise and they go into new areas. And moreover, the social problems are at such a scale that neither industry by itself nor basic research can solve these issues. So basically there's a kind of a awakening that's existing in cities all over the world that if you want to be competitive you have to get your institutions to work together. There's also been a long tradition in universities of feeling like there's a kind of a zero-sum game. The only way we can succeed is by getting all the funding and not letting those other people get it. This again is a very dangerous pattern that people have realized now on the leadership level will keep cities down. So Mexico City is a place where you had a very dynamic mayor and a set of people in both the left and the right politically who recognized that the capacity was there and if they could change the culture they should do something. And there is a clear commitment from the Mexico government to truly turn Mexico City into a knowledge capital. Here's Abrard. From now on, these are the objectives that we aim to achieve in the years to come. Translate these new ideas into public policy and real facts. Initiate the transformation of the city's economy. Link scientific development, technology development, industry, academia, and the new generation of students currently at high education institutions. We also will need to invest more in interacting with the scientific community worldwide. We are very interested in having teachers and scientists from all over the world in our city. We are going to invest in that. We will also need to invest more in interacting with the scientific community worldwide. And also, we are interested in financing a higher number of scholarships for having our students go abroad. I want to say to everybody, thank you very much for being in Mexico City, because finally we are determined to include our city as part of a global dialogue about the future, about the scientific advancement and about the technologic development. For more information about the 2008 Science and Innovation Week conference in Mexico City, log on to www.nias.org for the e-briefing covering the four days.